0: It's sports. God! For a touchdown! And pop culture.
1: 60% of the time, it works every time. With a millennial twist. Anytime someone walks through a cloud of vape smoke, a millennial is born.
0: It's the fifth quarter with Brooks Carter and Jamal Williams on ESPNChattanooga.com.
2: Welcome into the fifth quarter here on ESPNChattanooga.com. Jamal Williams, Brooks Carter, hanging out with you. And it was a crazy weekend of NFL football. Championship Sunday, both games go to overtime. I think that's got to be the first time both championship games ever went to overtime.
1: It is the first time that both championship games have gone to overtime. Shucks, it was a long time since one game had gone to overtime. So... Definitely a memorable Sunday for a lot of reasons.
2: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And uh, we'll dive into that extensively here throughout the first couple of segments of the show. Uh, The New Orleans Saints falling at home. Both home teams falling, in fact, both number one seeds. That's right. Two uh,
1: seed made it in both the cases.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think our last show, we didn't have a show last week. We had a bunch of stuff come, up, kind of come up scheduling-wise. Um, so our last show was coming off the heels of the National Championship game. That's right. In which my alma mater, Alabama, got absolutely destroyed. And, you you know, you asked me, uh, you know, how, how, how's it going? You in mourning? all that stuff. And I, I uh, you can go back and listen, quote, said, you know what, it's a lot easier to handle an ass-whipping Or handle your team losing when they get their ass whipped. That's
1: right. This loss is a bit of a different. I I am a a diehard Saints fan. If you're just tuning in for the first time and haven't heard me talk about them before, if we would have gotten our ass whipped from the beginning to end, you know, it is what it is. You got outplayed. Did they leave points on the field? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. But to have literally the taste of victory taken from your mouth like that. Well, what was worse, the miracle in Minneapolis or
2: the no call on the pass interference?
1: The miracle in Minneapolis, I can squarely place the blame on a player. I can squarely place the blame on coaches and skill from the other team. This one's a lot worse. What makes this worse? And I get—are we just going to dive into this whole thing now?
2: Uh, well, let's let's set the show. Oh, let, let's let's go ahead and start. The show. As always, you can uh, listen <laughs> online at ESPNChattanooga.com. Also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. iTunes with that Apple Podcast app you can find on your iPhone. SoundCloud, if you got the, an Android, that's your way to listen there. Search ESPN Chattanooga on both of those entities and hit subscribe. You'll get notified when new episodes come out. You can follow. The station at ESPN 105 on the zone on Twitter, also Facebook, Facebook.com backslash ESPN 105 on the zone. You can follow the show on Twitter at fifth Quarter Pod. I'm at Brooks A. Carter. I'm
1: at J Williams WDEF.
2: So as I mentioned, this is going to be an integral part of our of our big three here, and we'll lead off the show with it as we've already kind of jumped into it uh, extensively. Coming up in the next segment, we'll kind of dive into more of the Super Bowl a little bit. We'll have kind of two weeks to take a look at it. So uh, we'll kinda Kind of look at more of the initial headlines kind of going into it with some local ties here, looking at both the running backs being from one of our uh, local colleges that we cover, the University of Georgia. That's right. Um, Coming up in halftime happenings. Ten-year challenge has been quite the uh, the the trend here lately.
1: It has. Everybody's been posting pictures of, of old and and now pictures. So you've seen a lot of those. It's been trending all over the place. Twenty
2: nineteen is the last year of this decade here in the two thousand ten. So we're actually going to take a look back and do the ten-year challenge for pop culture and sports. Taking a look at some songs, some movies, and uh, who the champions were in sports ten years ago. I want to see okay. if you can remember.
1: Oh. that's a tough one okay we'll we'll see what we
2: can come up with uh and then always wrapping up with news headlines and tidbits at the end of the show in victory formation so let's get into it we started to get into it here just a second ago uh new orleans falls and uh so do the chiefs and i want to know what you think is the bigger initially what the bigger story is coming out of championship sunday because You've heard two cries coming out on social media, the the pass interference call or lack thereof, or NFL needs to change overtime rules to where both both offenses get a shot, at least in a postseason game where, where a Super Bowl appearance is on the line.
1: I, I think the postseason rules are – I think overtime rules are fine. I don't think we need to change that. I think there has to be some sort of restructuring to say – the NFL or the rules office can call in if there is a blatantly egregious missed call and say, hey, guys on the field, you missed this, fix it. There should be some kind of way. I'm not saying coaches should be able to challenge every freaking flag. I think that's that would be ridiculous. Oh, Could yeah. Extend the, the game way too long. You, you're going to have ticky-tack stuff. But if it is a blatantly egregious call – especially a blatantly egregious call that could be one of the things that you've been trying to enforce, helmet-to-helmet hits. Yeah. Someone should be able to call in and say, hey, ref, how did you not see this? Someone should be held accountable for it is my biggest thing. You're going to tell me that right after the game was over, which everyone at this point has seen that play, it could have been pass interference, it could have been helmet-to-helmet, the ref was standing two feet from it, he missed the call, didn't call a damn thing blatantly egregious call that changes a game he missed it and he's not going to be held responsible for it
2: I don't know Uh, I I think we've seen it in college several times Uh, you know I I remember going back to uh, that Miami Duke game when Miami scored on that crazy play at the end of the game on the kickoff there were uh, a handful of blocks in the backs Uh, they even went to review the play and the guy's knee was obviously down and even after review they didn't reverse it um, that that crew got suspended for uh, the next, I want to say two to three weeks after that game. So the ac like we've seen colleges, uh, conferences discipline their crews at the college level. I don't feel like I've seen it quite
1: as much in, in in the NFL. The NFL stands by their guys, but for the fact that they were able to get on the phone with Sean Payton and say, you know what, we blew it. We missed the call right after the game's over that's ridiculous at that point if i'm the nfl and personal and to me the nfl saying we blew the call just kind of rubs dirt in the wound if you stood by your guys and say you know what we didn't see a penalty or it wasn't called on the field just stick with the guys that called it at that point tote the line but for you to turn back around and say hey we blew that call oh oh no (laughs) no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody needs to talk. Roger Goodell needs to issue an apology. The referee needs to be suspended. Something that ain't right. That ain't right. I mean, that, that's that's a blatantly egregious call. I think there are calls that can go both ways. There's holding on every play. Oh yeah. There are some pass interferences that are ticky tack. He demolished the guy. Helmet to helmet, he never turned
2: around and and played the ball. He
1: never played the ball. And if
2: he turned around and played the ball. It would have been
1: a pick six. The other way, yeah. It would have been a pick six if he'd have played what he was supposed to do. But he didn't. He demolished the receiver. Helmet to helmet. Didn't care about the ball. And there was no flag thrown. Simply egregious.
2: Now with a cause there's always an action and and with that there's been a lot of people talking about the potential for some sort of of review or changing the pass interference rule uh the Canadian Football League has adopted uh the rule uh, the rule of being able to review a pass interference uh, starting back in 2014 here is uh Dean Blandino who is the uh Fox NFL um rules analyst who who chimes in during the game kind of like Mike Pereira does over up uh, Actually, I think they both work for Fox. Uh, but here's what Dean Blandino had to say on potentially changing the pass interference rule.
0: Could replay a fixed it? Yes. Will there be unintended consequences to making those plays reviewable? There will be. And so the decision that the league has to make is, you know, are we willing to live with that mistake or do we want to fix it and then have potentially some other things, slowing down the game, looking at some calls that are not so obvious. But if you keep it limited and you tell the coaches, "Look, you only, if you still only have your two challenges. You got three timeouts. And if it's not obvious, we're not going to change it." I think that momentum is going to start to build, and we're going to have that conversation.
2: Well, and I and I absolutely think the conversation is going to be had and pushed for this because Sean Payton is on the rules committee.
1: That's right, Sean Payton is on the rules committee. But here is my problem, and and I'm going to go ahead and point this out right now. We were at the two minute. We were we were in. Official review, review territory. Yeah, he couldn't have thrown a red flag. Well, okay. So Here, I, I think that's where my problem comes in. At oh, that's great. I can challenge stuff during the game. Deed, 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 deed. I think, it but need- it wasn't called, and they didn't. They couldn't review it. It it needs to be.
2: Uh, I, I am for uh, being able to review pass interference only under the circumstances of setting it up the way that it is with with all other uh, plays that are reviewable. So you get your challenges for it, but when it comes to overtime and or last two minutes of a game, uh, situations where the coaches are not allowed to throw a challenge flag, you need to have someone sitting up there in the booth the same way that they would say Hey, you know what? Uh, I think his knee was down on that. Let's take a look at it. I, I don't think that was a fumble. They need to be able to say, "Hey, you know what? That was that was a really bad no call." We need to be able to take a look. We need to take a look at this and and have you come over and see that.
1: I don't even think coaches need to be able to challenge it. I just need someone to do that the whole game. Someone sitting back at the rules committee office, the head, referees head. Hell, they do it on York. Fox and CBS now. Exactly. Someone is sitting there watching this game. I'm not saying that you need to – somebody needs to be sitting there ticky-tack every play, but if there is something blatantly either wrong or correct that's called, there's someone who should be in charge of it and say, okay, no, nope, no. Even if it's like, okay, on a normal Sunday, this guy's in charge of four games, this guy's in charge of four games, you know, keep an eye out for what's going on. If you see something, go ahead and take care of it, review it for him. But that's – There has to be some way where someone can sit there and watch and say, look, dude, that's ridiculous. That's absolute. we have too much freaking technology right now to say that they can't just sit somebody in an office and he watch the game and say, whoa, that was bad. Let's see, my only uh, only issue, like I I say
2: if the NFL – I'm not necessarily saying I, I want the change to be able to review pass interference, but if the NFL's going to make the the change, then I, I think that's the way they need to do it, the way that they handle all reviewable plays currently because I think they're going to start opening up Pandora's box here if they, if they start making – Pass interference reviewable? Okay, let's start. It's going to open a box. It's uh, going to make it uh, Okay, dangerous. let's start reviewing holding calls. And uh, I, you know what? I think he was uh, on the front side of the shoulder on that block in the back, not on the back side. You know what? Because I, I, you know, I don't think that actually was a block in the back. Uh, I mean, to me, the only penalty that is reviewable in all of football right now at any level is targeting. And that's based off whether or not the players should stay in the game or be ejected, and then you get your 15 yards back. After the fact, if he's reinstated, that's well, the, and I'm that should be the only penalty. Well, honestly. we can solve it.
1: Let's do that because that was a target and hit too. <laughs> I, look, I, look, I'm I am being negotiable here. The guy messed up. I wouldn't. I do not want to see him on an NFL field. He should be bussed down to high school. The, he needs to be kicked out. Literally, I've watched this replay too damn many times because everybody keeps wanting to replay it. And every time. Yeah, it's been he, too much, honestly. He walks into the freaking screen. He walks in. Literally, I've been shooting. I've shot on the sideline multiple times. He had a guy right in front of him with the ball coming toward him. I have no idea how he missed that call. I don't know what he was looking at. I don't know what he had drank earlier. I don't know <laughs> what sort of medication he's on. But I do know that there are a lot of pissed-off Saints fans out there to the point where the referees actually had to switch what hotel they were in because they were getting heckled too much. But I'm not surprised about it because that, was, that is going to be – when you start talking about at one point we didn't know what a catch was, the Des was it a catch or not? You know, we've got the, the tuck rule play – this is going to be one of those plays that's going to be talked about for the next decade because it was that <laughs> damn no. bad. No. Like the other ones, there were at least gray areas in the rule. This one was blatant. There's no gray area. Flag. Done.
2: Yeah, the uh, to me, moving on from this topic, we're going to dive more <laughs> into the Super Bowl uh, and kind of take a little bit more of a look at the AFC championship coming up next segment because we haven't really talked about that one too much. Uh, and the legacy that continues to grow to an astronomical level that is undescribable with Tom Brady. We'll we'll discuss that all kind of coming up next segment as we'll wrap up this New Orleans conversation. Uh, You got to kind of think maybe if – New Orleans defensive back. Who was the defensive back last year? What was his name? That God,
1: uh, Marcus Williams.
2: If Marcus Williams uh, knew that he could have committed pass interference the same way that the Rams DB
1: did, he might have. We would have been. We would have been moving on last year. <laughs> that, that's all I'm saying. Look, now it's been two last minute plays like this in a row. One was legitimately a guy's fault. But last year, he could have just came in and d- demolished on Diggs. Could have demolished him if we just knew they weren't going to throw a flag. To
2: play devil's advocate here, that was a first down play. The Saints still had three more opportunities to get a first down.
1: No, that wasn't first down. That was the third down play. Oh, was it third on down? On first down, we threw the quick slant, which I do blame Sean Payton for. He thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and said, oh, I'm outsmart him and throw the ball here and we're going to get closer. Should have ran the damn ball, keep it simple, Work the fucking clock and make them get rid of the, uh, their timeouts. But he didn't do it. That was the third down play. After oh, that incomplete play, we had to kick the field goal. Uh, that's more. Uh,
2: I, I made the mistake there. It should have been a better play calling on first and second down or oh, yeah. you're not in a third and long.
1: Oh, He should have handed it off three times in a row. Just hand it off three times. you got two
2: of the best running backs in the NFL.
1: Hand it off three times. They get rid of all of their timeouts. You work the clock, kick the field goal, give it back to them. they got no way to stop the clock.
2: All right, moving on here, looking at the NBA now. Uh, interesting uh, little tidbit coming out. This is from uh, uh, a show, The Jump, on ESPN. Rachel Nichols, the NBA show that they host there. Uh, frequently featuring former NBA players a lot of times, Paul Pierce, Scottie Pippen, Tracy McGrady and we're going to go to Scotty Pippen here. Something he had to say about the uh, phenom, freshman phenom over for the Duke Blue Devils, Zion Williamson, who we have known anybody that follows basketball for, for years now with his dunk dating back to when he was 15, 16 years old. Uh, he is tearing it up, uh, and he did in the, in the non-conference schedule, and sometimes you kind of expect that because you go against some much weaker opponents. Yep. Well, we're about a month into the conference schedule in the ACC, and we all know that's, at this point, the toughest the toughest league around, uh, especially when you add teams like uh, Louisville and Pittsburgh and Syracuse and Notre Dame all to the mix that they've added in the last five or six years. It was a nine-bit league for the NCAA tournament last year, had the most of any conference, twenty-one over 21 points a game, Nine and a half rebounds, so he's almost averaging a double double. Two steals a game, almost two blocks per game. The dude is unbelievable.
1: He's a monster. He is an absolutely. Uh, he's absolutely a monster, and that's the only reason we're about to have this conversation. We're about to have. Yes, and it's uh, kind of similar to that
2: of. Uh, we've heard some conversations like this in, in college football before, the old Jadavian Clowney conversation.
1: Should hang it up.
2: Should, yeah, should, should he shut it down for the rest of the season as we approach February and March here as it's tournament time? Here's what Scottie Pippen had to say about that. Uh, we spoke about Zion Williamson at the top of the show, but before we even got on the air, the guys here were saying they have already seen enough from Zion to know he belongs in the NBA. Would you go as far, Scotty, as to say you think he's locked up the number one pick completely?
0: French, I, I think he's locked up the biggest shoe deal. <laughs> I think he's definitely going to be the number one pick. I mean, I, I think he's done enough for basketball, college basketball, that it's, it's it's more about him personal, personally now. And I think for him as a young player, that I would shut it down. Now you let would. me let but me ask you, you. Would that stop
1: playing? Let me I ask you, would. I still,
0: would, Scotty. I would stop playing because I I feel that he could risk
2: a major injury that could really hurt his career. What do you think about this, Jamal?
1: It's scary when you've got Hall of Fame players like Scottie Pippen saying stuff like that. That that's scary.
2: I don't like it. I, I don't. Know. I mean, I get guys sitting out of bowl games. We've had that conversation several times uh, sure. from the NCAA football front. Here sure. In if the, they,
1: and if they weren't getting ready to make the tournament, I'd get him sitting out any of those secondary basketball tournaments. I I'm all about that, but you I, want I, him to shut it down mid season? What? Well, no. it, it goes back to you. This doesn't happen
2: very often where you have one of those top-caliber pick guys uh, where and the team doesn't make the tournament. Right. Um, a few years ago, Ben Simmons at LSU. LSU did not make the tournament, and they wound up turning down an NIT bid because Ben Simmons
1: told them, I'm not going to play in the NIT. Right. And I, I can't blame him for not wanting to play in the NIT. I, d- I don't blame him for that. I'd understand, okay, if you're going to go get hurt, you go get hurt in March Madness. Not given, that LSU team was trash. I mean, they, they yeah. just weren't good. Uh, and they were built around him, and he can't shoot, so it just it didn't work well. But if Zion shut it down right now on a Duke team that is primed to be able to make a run in the tournament, that would just be an utter disappointment. And personally, looking at the way he would be just giving up on his team, leaving those guys out to the wolves, not to say that that Duke team doesn't have enough talent to recover from losing him. But as a coach, I question guys like that. As a coach, I would look at that and say, when it gets hard, are you going to be there for us? Are you going to be able to lead this team? Are you going to be able to carry this team? Because if you want to be a superstar in the NBA, you got to be more than just a player. You need to be a leader. We already got one Kevin Durant who just doesn't want the spotlight to be a leader, but everybody can't be like him. You, you have to have those Steph Currys that are willing to lead. LeBron James is. Apparently Kyrie Irving has now learned his lesson calling up LeBron and apologizing because he's learned how tough it is to lead a team and not be that secondary guy. If I pick you number one, I want you to be able to lead my team.
2: Well, and I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, you, you look, they have three They had three of the top freshmen in the country this year. Trey, Trey Jones, the guy who's been running point, is out indefinitely. We don't even know if he's going to be back the rest of the season. Uh, he got hurt uh, last week, and with that, uh, Barrett's running a little bit more point. They need Zion Williamson. This is still a team that can win the national championship by, by all means. Uh, it definitely hurts not having that playmaker out there uh, running the point in Trey Jones. Um, I think even with that added-in factor, that makes Zion Williamson look even more selfish for not wanting to stick around and step up for his team uh, in the absence of one of their starters being out for potentially the rest of the year. If he's gone... Duke at that point, what is a a three seed caliber team? They might I mean they might stay up there in the rankings, but I mean I I don't think they're a national
1: championship contender. If I, I just wouldn't I, I would question picking him. I'm legit. If he sat down, I, I I pray, I pray he's not going to do this. If he did, and I was at the top of the, the NBA draft, you gotta ask yourself, all right, when's he gonna shut it down on me? Is he when's he gonna shut it down on me and decide he doesn't wanna play anymore? If that first season out of school, he decides we're not having the kind of year he wants, is he just gonna shut it down then?
2: Yeah, and God, uh,
1: you know uh, what's the, he go and the uh, and NCAA, then I just gotta sit on my hands and say I'm gonna trade you. What, what? The,
2: the NCAA's biggest money maker is March Madness. Oh yes, they get direct television revenue over that. If we start that,
1: the NCAA is. No, this this is this, this is, if is they their, start
2: losing those stars like that. This is their biggest guy that they've had. they they want Duke to be in the Final Four, and oh, they oh, and yes. they want Zion Williamson there.
1: Oh hell yes, they because, need
2: him there because that's even going to draw in the general, just the
1: the general sports fan. This can't be a year that Duke loses to a Lehigh in the first round. It, this no, cannot can't, be, can't be, can't if, be. If this happens, the NCAA will be crushed because he's their star this year. You're it. All right, when we come back, going to jump in to
2: more of the NFL action, AFC Championship, uh, kind of talk about that a little bit more. Take a look at the Super Bowl and maybe some NFL draft stuff. Stay tuned. It's the fifth quarter, ESPNChattanooga.com.
0: It's sometimes sports. It's sometimes pop culture. It's a lot of the time
2: random. So you're telling me there's a chance.
0: This is the fifth quarter with Brooks Carter and Jamal Williams. Yeah! Stephen A. Smith. Suddenly, I need to stick to basketball and I don't know football. Ladies and gentlemen, people just need to, to starve. We're living in an age where everybody is trying to be relevant no matter what. So maybe if I take Stephen A and I put his name front and center as a headline for a blog, I'll get more hits. I appreciate the fact that I'm so attractive. Just spell my name with a P-H, not a V, okay? And go kick rocks. That's the Stephen A. Smith Show. Weekday afternoons 1 to 3 on ESPN 1051 The Zone. Chattanooga's sports lead. The long snap will come from Jake McQuaid. The holder is Johnny Hecker, the putter. It's on the near hash. 57-yarder for the Super Bowl. Ball put down. Right-footed kick is up. Endover Rand arching up, and it is God. He got it! The Rams win! The Rams are going to the Super Bowl! Brady under center turns, gets to Burkhead, hole on the left side, he's in! Burkhead is in for the touchdown! And with an overtime touchdown run by Rex Burkhead, the dynasty continues for the New England Patriots. They're going to their third straight Super Bowl! 37-31, New England. Knocks off Kansas City on their way to Super Bowl 53.
2: And welcome back into the fifth quarter here on ESPNChattanooga.com. Nice little intro there. Highlights courtesy of Westwood One, which you heard both of the NFC and AFC Championship games Live here on ESPN 105 on the Zone this past Sunday, and you can hear Super Bowl 53 here on ESPN 105 on the Zone. That is, uh, again, courtesy of Westwood One. That'll be uh, what is the kickoff for that, y'all? Because we have it here all on our radio station, and Jamal has it over at his TV station, uh, Channel right. 12 here, WDEF in Chattanooga.
1: Ooh, kickoff time for the game? That's it's typically like five. Yeah, it's 10, like five, five or 15. six, something like that. I yeah. love
2: that. They've moved it up over the years, It's and they've kind of set it at that earlier kickoff because the commercials make it longer, and it gives a chance for all the little kids to watch it. Right. The, the worst one, I think, uh, that has timing off of all uh, championship uh, uh, series or games is um, Major League Baseball, the World Series. It's right in the thick of the school year in October, and... Yeah first pitch will be after 9 o'clock, and it's like no kids can watch that. No. They're, and, 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 they, and they're trying to draw in this younger audience. But they can't watch the biggest game. Exactly. The NBA Finals are late, too, but that's during the summertime. Kids are already out of school, so that's not that big of a deal. Right. Um, Super Bowl's definitely got it right. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you to start off this segment is, as we're kind of talking uh, more with the AFC Championship here, we talked about the NFC Championship uh, last segment quite a bit. Which uh, team do you think America is sick of seeing in a championship setting more? The New England Patriots, who are now in their third straight Super Bowl, ninth Super Bowl since 2001. Uh, Them, the Golden State Warriors, or the Alabama Crimson Tide in football?
1: Can I pick two? Fair enough. It's Alabama and New England. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's Alabama and New England. Yeah, people would like to see Golden State stop showing up in the championship. but Let them they, get
2: back there with Boogie Cousins this year and sweep a team by 20
1: points per game. Then they'll be right there in that three-way tie. But right now, man, the Patriots have been just running the NFL consistently. They had like two down years, and that's it.
2: The thing that drives me the most nuts about it is they're out there doing it? It's Tom Brady, and he's out there just—he's like a surgeon. He's just cutting people up, and he's been doing it for years. Teams still play zone defense against him. I have no idea why. Maybe they just don't have the horses to to cover the guys in the secondary, which they should. Because this is my point I'm getting out. It's Tom Brady out there with guys that looked like that looked like one and two star athletes coming out of high school, white guys like Keith Hogan and Julian Edelman. I, I mean. I played with guys that have the same skill set that those two guys had in high school. I played with a guy, white kid, about 5'10", played at Tennessee Tech, was a receiver there, uh, ran about a four 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 five. White kid, super athletic, got third in the state in pole vault. There's no way he couldn't be doing the same thing that they're doing.
1: Hey, look, the Patriots have a system. And they're able to bring in guys like Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, James White, Rex Burkhead, who other places wouldn't necessarily be stars. Like you Chris know, Hogan he, didn't do much else anywhere else, and Rex Burkhead—what did he do in Cincinnati? You know, so they bring these guys in. Danny Woodhead, all. did you throw him out? I, I didn't even think about Danny Woodhead. And, and you know, you,
2: and you know, Belichick's already got a boner for Hunter Renfro.
1: Oh, he—of uh, course he does. He had he. He finds guys that fit his exact system. This is what I need you to do. I need you to come in and run this route. All right. Fine, coach. And Brady is surgical to the point where you can play man-to-man with him, but he's going to beat you. They, They want smart football players. They don't want athletic. Think about Aaron Dobson. They spent a high pick to bring Aaron Dobson in at wide receiver. They spent a high pick to bring Chad Jackson in at wide receiver. Neither one of those guys had NFL experience. Neither one of them panned out at all in the NFL. Well, I mean, it, but they definitely didn't fit in that Patriots system because they like guys that can make those adjustments with Tom. Yeah. Immediately. Okay, this is how the guy's covering me. Tom's going to throw it back shoulder. I got to adjust and make this catch. Yeah, Wes Welker almost got turned in,
2: he he turned him into a borderline Hall of Famer. I think Welker wound up with probably close to 10,000 yards receiving after being there for all those years in New England, and then going out and having a couple thousand-yard receivers with Peyton Manning. That's not a bad gig, is no. it? You go from Tom to, to, to Peyton.
1: I mean, he had to struggle through some uh, tough times down in Miami to get there, but it, yeah. he got to the other side. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm not mad at what – honestly, if, I, if you told me I had to pick between which one I'm tired of seeing win more, the Patriots or, the, or Alabama, I'd pick Alabama. And let me tell you why. Tom Brady has an expiration date. At some point, he's going to hang up the cleats, and the Patriots are going to fall down. So does Nick Saban, though. Coaches can coach till their deathbed. Nick Saban could coach, legitimately, could coach for another 20 years. He could. He could. Will he? I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I'm in his head. But Tom, Tom Brady, we, we're in the, the waning days of Tom Brady. So, so, this is a guy that we're going to talk about as an all-time great for playing the quarterback position and winning the way he did. Bill Belichick, I, I'm not sure that he can do what he's done with any other quarterback. And he knows that, and his legacy is going to always be tied to that. It is what Yeah, is.
2: and the same can be said because – Belichick has proven he can win when Tom Brady's not on the field. I'm not saying that as a knock not against Tom Brady. No, the, the whole season. Now, he
1: did make Matt Castle look good. Eleven He and has five, made Jimmy Garoppolo look two good. Two years ago. He, he did. He won two games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. And that's great. I want to see him win more. I
2: mean, that's I, fair. I
1: want to see him win more. N- none because all the Super Bowls have been with Tommy Boy.
2: Well, and, and you keep saying it, he's got an expiration date. When is it, though? Because he, he he's forty one. He just freaking guts the Chiefs down the field with a drive uh, at the end of the game that looks like he could have made when he was twenty eight.
1: Well, here's the thing: at, and any NFL player, just watching the football, you can see it. When it ends, it ends quick. Brett Favre said that. When, when it's gone, it goes fast. It's not a slow decline. You might It's there one day, and it's gone the next. And that's, just the, that's why you see so many of these veteran guys get into training camp, and they're like, nope, done, because it's gone. One day it's there, the next day it's not. And one thing that Bill Parcells said, and this was one of the advice that he's given to some of the coaches that have worked underneath him, Sometimes it's better to replace a, it's better to replace a guy a year too early than a year too late. No, and he's done that.
2: I was actually going to bring that up. Uh Who was the guy? Uh, Seymour. Richard, Richard Seymour. Seymour. He was he was coming off uh a handful of all-pro seasons. Sure was. Wanted a bigger contract. Yep. He was going into a contract year. Mm-hmm. He traded him to the Raiders. Sure did. Bill and Bay- there's been several examples of that. Oh, That's one of the ones that sticks out the- to me because he he traded essentially an all-star coming off uh, one of the better years in his career, but he was approaching his mid-30s, which is the age of rapid decline for defensive linemen.
1: Oh, the Patriots do not believe in giving older guys contracts. It is very, very seldom Unless rare.
2: Unless you get the hometown discount like Tom Brady's given him for years and years and years because his model wife makes over $50 million a year.
1: Hey, look, Tom Brady is a, is a brand in and of himself legitimately for them to move on from Tom Brady, there is going to be, number one, a media firestorm and outcry, and then that's going to put a whole another level of pressure and expectations on your season. If they would have kept Jimmy Garoppolo and moved Tom Brady, the amount of pressure that that would have put on Jimmy G to be successful would have been insane. Like He has the spotlight in San Francisco then the need to succeed, but think about it. You're replacing what's going to go down or could have been replacing what would have gone down as – the best quarterback probably to ever play the game of football. That's tough.
2: No, that's, and I, that's and, tough. And I totally agree with that. Like, it's it's, it's going to be
1: Andrew Luck was anointed because Tom Brady. I mean, not Tom Brady. Peyton Manning had the neck injury. Imagine if they'd have picked Luck and a healthy Peyton Manning, and they had to at some point make Luck replace. Oh well, him. they
2: don't get the number one pick without Peyton Manning being out. First well, of all, That's true.
1: But I'm I'm just throwing a situation.
2: Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Um, to me. The other thing I want to talk about with this game, going back to the AFC Championship game, which the Patriots won in overtime, thirty-seven to thirty-one on the road at Kansas City. I talked about this a little bit in the first segment of uh, the overtime rule in the postseason. I have much more of an issue. I asked you what you thought was the bigger argument. Uh, you know what the, the the human error element that happens with officiating has has been something that's gone on for years and years and years and years. Armando Galarraga for the Detroit Tigers should have had a perfect game. The guy called what should have been the final 27th out of the game. He called him safe, and then he got the next guy out, and the Major League said, oh, yeah, he would have been out, which has prompted replay to come through in the MLB. There's been so many instances for so long of of human error being a part of the sports world, and that's why we've gotten to a point where we have with instant replay – The overtime rule is something that, in my opinion, has nothing to do with any sort of human error, and it's something the NFL has consistently heard bitching about from people for years and years and years. Uh, Dating back, I think the one that prompted the most change recently was Brett Favre in the NFC Championship the last time the Saints won the Super Bowl. He didn't get a chance to get on the field in overtime. Uh, The Saints drove down the field and kicked the field goal and won the game, didn't even have to score a touchdown. How do you not let a guy who is going to probably wind up being your most valuable player, through for over 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards, even get a chance to touch the ball in overtime? It's the
1: rules. It's It's, it's stupid, though.
2: It's a stupid rule.
1: Personally, I like the old rule. First person to score, go home. That's how I liked it. It put all of it, it, it made that coin toss really important. Which is, it, that, that, it that has puts, nothing to do but with fate. That, that's, that's luck. It puts pressure on it. It's going to end the game. And when you had a tie, it wasn't because, oh, well, we both kept kicking field goals or we both kicked one field goal. No, it was because nobody could score. Done. I like the old rule personally. That's just me, though. And,
2: and I'm not suggesting by any means, I don't want uh, them to start at the 25 of the college rules. I God, li- no.
1: Those game scores would be would be ridiculous. I
2: do like a version of the college rules, but I think they need to move it back to, like, the 50-yard line or, or, like, start it. Make them start outside of field goal range, have to drive in the field goal range. Well, here's the problem.
1: Where do you want them to start
2: at? Uh... 35, where you'd get the ball, where they kick it out of bounds, or something like that. The, uh, in your own territory on the 35 yard line, something like that.
1: All right. So, realistically, if you're on the 35, what's that? You need to pick up maybe 25 yards to get in the field goal range?
2: Well, I mean, or we could make it every, because, every, I mean, every, everybody gets it. the ball at the
1: 20, and you got to drive the length of the field. Legatron hit a 57 yard field goal to get them into the Super Bowl. I know he did. So, that ain't far that he got to go. So I mean if you start him at the 35, they got some kickers and legitimately let Greg Zunderland freaking unbelievable. that kick would have been good if they backed him up another 15 20 yards.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that, that it was, was a fantastic right down kick. the
1: line it had space between the freaking bar. I mean you could have backed him up. so you got kickers like that and here, here, where's here's the, where's the line
2: here's here's my here's my main beef behind the argument, especially here in recent years. If the NFL is going to set up the league with the way that they have with the rules that promote the quarterback and protect them to the extent of where you can't even touch them and they have all now all these built-in advantages to have all these high-flying offenses, you have to give both quarterbacks a chance to get on the field in overtime.
1: Both quarterbacks had a chance to get on the field during regulation. I understand that, but it went into a totally – it, it went so in, if I score a touchdown, that shouldn't end the game. So what I, happens if I score a touchdown and then you score a touchdown? What do we do then? That's what I'm saying. It needs to go
2: to a college, to to an uh, untimed possession, and they need to figure out where to start the ball at. I'm not. It, it, by no means it needs to be at the 25 or even
1: past midfield. So you think it should be essentially like college where it goes until somebody doesn't score?
2: Yes, but they need to move it all the way back and make them drive the length of the field to at least get into field goal
1: range. I'm not with that. I'm not with that at all. You given let's let's just hypothetically speaking. Let's actually let's talk about the AFC Championship game. Tom Brady, Pat Mahomes, start at the 35 yard line with the intention of scoring, knowing the game's on the line. That makes it four down territory. Do you know how long we gonna be sitting there waiting for one of them not to score?
2: I get it to a point, but. So- these are the these are the supposed to be the best uh players in the world. The defense needs to step up at some point.
1: But there's a the, there's a defense stepping up and there's a defense being pinned against the wall, literally being in four down territory going against Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady. Neither one of them defenses is in good condition.
2: So you don't think making them drive 80 yards or 65 yards every time they touch the ball is is, is not going to put them at le- I mean Driving the, the ball the length of the field is difficult to do every time you get
1: the ball. It is. That it is difficult to do every time you get the ball. But that doesn't mean that you can't do it. We got, there are plenty of teams that do it. And that's the reason these guys put up so many points is because they can do it. It's not a question of where you put the ball at. Unless you start them on like the freaking one, which that's just utterly not going to happen. But, I mean, making them drive the full length, full 80 yards. If you start them on 20, 25, whatever that man four downs is hard enough to defend as it is you're putting and given that most teams don't have a pat mahomes or a tom brady but and i'm just using that game as an example the chiefs defense wouldn't have stood a chance either way oh uh, no
2: and they fired their defensive coordinator 2 days after the game there's a reason uh, for they it. had the 31st ranked defense in the league
1: the chiefs defense would not have stood a chance either way the patriots defense would have eventually gotten a stop Eventually, but it probably would have been a while because you're telling me that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes just have to score, so you got four downs to do it. We know we need a touchdown. I'm telling that's tough. That's real tough. That's real tough.
2: Ooh, what if we did that, like the old uh, flag football rule, four to score?
1: Ooh, now I'd be interested.
2: <laughs>
1: now I'd be interested.
2: Like you get the ball at the 50 and you get four to score.
1: That would keep my attention. You want to talk about something being exciting? So, like, like,
2: like first, first, your first round through, you can kick a field goal, and then the second round through, like kind of the way they make you start going for two in college, you mm-hmm. get four to score. I'd like that. Now, that if, would be and exhilarating. And if neither team scores, you got to start over again.
1: I'm telling that would be exhilarating. That would be a high pressure into a football game. I, I like, like it. I'm,
2: I'm pitching that to the to the rules committee.
1: Now, now, I think you're on to something with that one. Four to score. I like that. Because, okay, all right, each team gets the ball. Oh, we don't even have to possession. give them a
2: chance to get a field goal, honestly.
1: Right, we can go straight to four to score and I'd be happy.
2: Yeah, just start them at the 50, you get four to score.
1: That's it. I like
2: that. And you, and you can't pick up first downs or anything like you, that. You get four you downs. Get
1: four plays. That's it. I like that.
2: And, yeah, and, and it's the same thing. It's untimed possession. Uh, there is a play clock the same way that it would be in college overtime. Uh, untimed possession, and you get four downs. If you don't score and the other team doesn't score, you start back over and you flip possessions. Now,
1: here's going to be the problem. The defenses are going to play way back. I mean, but the, your offense has to be disciplined enough to eat up that under, those underneath passes that the defense is just going to give you. Because if you got four to score, defense's job is just to keep you out the end zone.
2: Yeah. All right, so uh, transitioning quickly here before we go to our next break. Um, We talked about this in the last segment. And and I want to ask you a question kind of based off this topic. Both starting running backs in this year's Super Bowl are former Georgia standouts, Todd Gurley, Sonny Michelle. That's right. They were in the same backfield. And you start – No – no, maybe no. 2014 was Todd Gurley's last year there. Yeah,
1: no, I think I'm I'm off on that one. I'm off on that one. Um taking a, No, they might have been freshmen at the time. Sony when he was a freshman replaced Nick Chubb, wasn't
2: it? Well, Chubb Chubb tore his knee up his sophomore year. Yeah. Uh, Chubb had the outstanding year, freshman year, because Todd Gurley had all those issues with selling memorabilia in 2014 and only played a handful of games. That's right. Chubb wound up rushing for like 1600 yards as a freshman. Uh, and Michelle was there. Um, maybe he wasn't cause Chubb wound up taking a medical red shirt. That's beside the point, but, uh, they've all, they're all Georgia running backs and Yep. You start, taking RBU. A, you start taking a look around the league. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, R- it, you hear a lot of different schools trying to throw out, like the U likes to say they're tight in U because uh, of the uh, – the...
1: Who? Who they got besides Jimmy G? The U? You talking about University of Miami? Yeah. Who they
2: got lately? Well, I mean, all time, if oh, okay. you want to go all time. Because, yeah. I mean, Uh-oh. historically, Georgia's had great running backs over the years, too. Yeah. Terrell Davis, Garrison Hurst. I mean – Herschel was considered kind of a bust, but he still wound up with almost – He still
1: had a good career.
2: Yeah, pretty solid career. Um, I mean, and then here lately you've had uh, even guys like Isaiah Crowell, who's had a, a handful Isaiah of decent a, games. Yeah. Nick Chubb, uh, potentially uh, probably a finalist, I would say, for AFC Rookie of the Year if his own teammate doesn't win it in Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah, Chubb
1: Mich- looks good. Michelle looks good. You've got Gurley there now. You can't
2: tell me that DeAndre Swift isn't going to be a stud in the NFL considering his skill set.
1: He should be pretty good, especially the way the league's going right now.
2: It, it's really impressive what they've been able to do. I uh, think
1: Holyfield it, will be pretty good too.
2: Yeah, probably so. Uh, I, I, that It's amazing too when you start to consider it because I've heard people arguing, oh, well – Alabama fans uh, have been getting butt hurt saying they're running back you on Twitter. And Alabama fans' arguments to that is like, well, y'all had not had a Heisman Trophy winner. None no. of those guys have won a Heisman.
1: Yeah, think, think about them when they all get to the league. TJ Yeldon sitting on a bench. Derrick Henry shows up in December. Who else? Ingram hadn't been bad. Richardson was Ingram's the— Ingram's been— Okay, as a Saints fan, Ingram's been good the past two years. Before that, every time it was a yeah, big well, game, he— Yeah, he bungled. might be
2: on steroids, though, so— You never know, so, um, you know. Richardson was one of the Richardson. biggest busts in, oh. in recent years. That was awful. Uh, Eddie Lacy made a couple of Pro Bowls and then, like, discovered— He didn't love football. And then he got fat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, who else we got? I mean— now, given, I do like some of these running backs that are Kenyan coming Drake's out Kenyon Drake's
2: been really good the last couple of years. Kenyon Drake, uh,
1: he's underutilized, but he could I think be Josh exploded. Jacobs could probably be... I like semi- Jacobs. Oh, yeah. I think Jacobs is going to be really good for somebody. But
2: it doesn't matter. If you're talking about projecting towards the next level, the Georgia
1: running backs are the best in the country right now at doing that. Oh, yeah, by far. Georgia has a history of it. I think it just comes with the territories that you're that schools recruit because, I mean, you're talking about it doing over longevity and different coaching staffs. Look at... Texas and LSU, I feel like, compete back and forth for who has the better DBs for DBU. They both call themselves it, but I feel like both, both of them have a solid argument because they both just keep sending defensive backs to the NFL.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Alabama sent a ton to the NFL, too, recently. That's true. That's true. All right, when we come back, we're going to jump into halftime happenings, and I already referenced the 10-year challenge. We got something kind of funny uh, from a news headline standpoint coming up right before that. As we approach uh, about, I think, uh, going on about 30 days of the partial government shutdown, we've got a funny news headline surrounding that. Stay tuned. It's the fifth quarter, ESPNChattanooga.com.
0: I'm trying to get our players to listen to me instead of listening to you guys. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are, it's like poison. Stay tuned. More of the fifth quarter with Brooks Carter and Jamal Williams is coming up next on ESPNChattanooga.com. Like rat poison. Don't wait for your daily commute to tune in to ESPN 1051 The Zone. Enable the ESPN Chattanooga skill on your Alexa device and listen while you're at home, at the office, or wherever you please. Never miss a second of Chattanooga's only 24 hour sports station with Alexa from Amazon and the ESPN Chattanooga skill. Who's the news? Check your panties. About one hundred seventy-five thousand rice. I think
1: that was supposed to be pantries.
0: Watch the new millennial trend. What's the best kind of firework to buy?
2: Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? Where are your parents?
0: Get sketchy. What video is going viral? He's in your windows. He's snatching your people up to hide your kids, hide your wife. It's time for your Halftime Happenings with Brooks and Jamal.
2: And welcome to Halftime Happenings here on the fifth quarter. Brooks and Jamal hanging out with you. ESPNChattanooga.com. Taking a break away a little bit from the sporting world. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about sports as well as just pop culture items coming up here in a few minutes with our 10-year challenge, pop culture and sports edition. But first, got a uh, funny news headline here as the government shut down partial government shutdown i should add so a lot of people who are ignorant of how the of, of how politics and government work that think it's a full government shutdown
1: no just partial
2: yeah they don't understand how the government works but that's uh neither here nor there maybe they just need to go back and uh, you know take a take a few college classes and re-educate themselves
1: just google it just google google the, go- the google machine
2: uh, will enlighten you so With that in mind, there's some folks in Washington who uh, hadn't had a lot to do here in the last few weeks.
1: It's very true. They've been uh, bored. I think they're about to miss their second paycheck now. Uh, They've been
2: twiddling their thumbs, maybe twiddling something else. Pornhub reports that uh, there has been a viewership spike in Washington, D.C. during the government shutdown here in the month of January.
1: Well, I guess idle minds. uh, You know... Some people are bored at home, I suppose. The Pornhub
2: Insights team. How do you get a job with them? That's like I'm not saying I want a job with them. That's just like
1: <laughs> they've got they've got a full insights team. I, I had no idea Pornhub was that big of a, a company that they had that many people working. I wonder if it's
2: like I thought it was just like some guy in his basement. I wonder if it's like the way that like any regular company is. If it's got like an blank. Like, Work Never. for us, like cl- no. link, like at the bottom of their
1: uh, webpage or something. Never. It, actually, it probably does. Now that you think about it, it probably does. I mean, I can't imagine you just scrolling through. Like, uh, let's scroll through Indeed. Oh, oh, look, Pornhub's hiring. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, the hubs Insight, uh, the Pornhub Insights team said its statistics noticed an increase in porn viewership and a shift in the hours. During which people are watching porn in DC. The hours include that regular eight to
1: five. They ain't got no job to go to.
2: Uh an increase Daytime TV sucks too, so uh an increase of uh an average daily increase of six and a half percent. Uh it has increased almost nine and percent during uh morning hours between six and seven uh, six and eight AM times where people are typically typically going to be uh, at work also uh in that three to five p.m range it's up seven and a half percent
1: a whole seven and a half percent hey look clearly this this is some people that need to get back to work they're just chomping at the bit nothing else to do bored at home trying to take the stress off i mean missing a couple of checks uh stress you out pretty good
2: uh, yeah, the data was compiled from January 7th to January 11th. Pornhub said it picked those days because they would be the least impacted by the holiday season once the holidays were already over, as Republicans and Democrats failed to come to compromise over border security. Got around 800,000 Americans without a paycheck, and quite a few of those live in that D.C. area.
1: I mean, the ones that aren't going to work that are government employees are kind of the lucky ones because they got the like TSA agents that they so keep telling them they got to come to work. And work for free. I, look, I'm not working for free. I don't but, do that. That's called volunteer. Mm-mm, nope. Intern. Yeah. Uh-uh. Nope. Been there, did that. Not Not doing it again. All right. I got bills.
2: All right. So uh, as uh, we've teased a couple of times throughout the course of the show, the 10-year challenge has been a big buzz on, on social media uh, with celebrities from all across the globe posting 10-year challenge photos of themselves from 2009 and 2019 uh obviously several people uh just regular old Joes like you and me have gotten in on the uh the mix too using the hashtag tenure challenge and uh I have not done it I don't uh think I have either. I
1: mean I, I'm I, not going to dig up I don't need I don't ago. need
2: anybody to see uh, a picture of me with my Bieber haircut and a pimply <laughs> face back in 2009
1: it, look, it's posted on the internet. If somebody wants to see it bad enough, they'll go find it. Yeah, it's not,
2: I haven't deleted much of anything off my Facebook from yeah. the time I started using it. I think I got it in 08, 07. 07. I got it freshman year of high school.
1: Yeah, if my, if my picture's there, it's there. I'm just not getting ready to post it.
2: All right, so with that in mind, we wanted to look at some things that uh, were turning 10 years old in 2019. Okay, what we got? Uh, first, let's start off with some songs. All right. Uh, Disturbia from Rihanna is 10 years old in 2019.
1: Has that been ten years? Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, going through some more here. Uh, Twenty-one Guns by Green Day is ten years old. People are crazy. Billy Tur- uh, Billy Currington. I still remember that song. Uh, working over uh, working on with my grandfather on the farm during the summer. Being out that summer. Really. Yep. Uh, if today was your last day, Nickelback. I remember that song coming out in high school. Uh, keep scrolling through here. Uh, I run to you, Lady Annabellum, okay. Miss
1: Independent, Neo. Neo, all right. Yeah, it's been a while since Neo's dropped something. Yeah, I guess that has been 10 years. Uh, Viva Levada, Coldplay. Okay. Uh,
2: hotel Room Service, Pitbull is 10 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pitbull was dropping some music 10 years ago.
2: Uh, birthday Sex, Jeremiah is uh, 10 years old. Wow, it's
1: having a birthday.
2: Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, what You Say, Jason Derulo.
1: Is that song ten years old already? Yep.
2: How about this one? Even if you don't like country music, you know this one: "Chicken Fried." Zach Brown Band is ten years old. Okay, I don't know that one. You don't know, you don't know that song? Nope. Oh, okay,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Uh, this is uh, now now we're starting to hit some big ones here. "Hot and Cold." Katy Perry's ten years old. Really? All Day right. and Night. Kid Cudi ten years old. Day and Night. Party in wow. the USA. Miley Cyrus ten years old. Really? Yep.
1: We had some good songs. Uh, Down
2: by uh, uh, Jay Sean featuring Lil Wayne, 10 years old. Okay. Best I ever had, Drake, 10 years old.
1: Drake has been around for 10 years. Drake
2: has been around since like 07. Yeah, he's been
1: around longer than that. You're right. Uh,
2: Use somebody, Kings of Leon, that's 10 years old. Uh, Just dance, Lady Gaga. That's ten years old. Heartless, Kanye West. That is ten years old. Oh goodness, yeah. That, that so Kanye's been crazy for ten years. Uh, and then finally, I got a feeling, Black Eyed Peas. That's ten years old. I
1: got a feeling. Woo-hoo. All right, <laughs> moving on to some movies here. All right, movies that are ten years old. Okay, okay. I'm trying. To, I gotta try and structure my brain back ten years and think of these movies. Because you were catching me off guard with some of these songs. Was I? Just a little bit. Some of them I didn't realize they were 10 years old. All right. Uh, Inglorious Bastards. That was a pretty good movie. I like that movie. That's one of my favorite movies, actually. I watched that. I've watched that quite a few times.
2: Uh, looking at some more here. Uh, 17 again, Zac Efron. That's 10 years old. Never saw it, but yeah, I'm aware of it. How I've about this one? The Blind Side, 10 years old.
1: Blind Side's 10 years ago? Yep. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, I guess Sandra Bullock did do that a while back. Okay.
2: Sherlock Holmes is 10 years old in 2019.
1: Okay. I guess you're not talking about that new one that bombed at the box office. Uh, No. (laughs)
2: Uh, The Hurt Locker is 10 years old in 2019. Uh, Zombieland. How about that one?
1: Zombieland?
2: Yes, that is 10 years old. Uh, The remake of Star Trek. The original, like... uh, the remake that they did based off the original series is right. now 10 years old.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, well, they did a second one to that. Up is 10 years old. Is it really? Yep. It's a great movie. That is a good one. I, I've, I'll I, always like Doug. Squirrel. All right.
2: Here you go. Squirrel. One that was iconic during our high school years. Uh, what you got? The Hangover is 10 years old in 2019. No. Has it
1: been 10 years since The Hangover came out?
2: Yep. And uh, one back. of the biggest box office successes of all time, breaking uh, at the time, uh, and it might still hold the record, um, the Titanic's record, Avatar, is 10 in 2019.
1: I've honestly never made it through that whole movie. I've never even watched it. Yeah, I I remember when it came out. I know there's blue people and stuff, but I, I I know nothing about it.
2: All right, let's start running through now, moving into sports. All right, now we're getting into the juice. All right. Let's go. Your 2009 BCS National Championship game, keep in mind this was featured from the 2008 season, so the game was played in January of 2009.
1: Okay, January 2009 National Championship. Ooh. Oh, man. Okay.
2: I I have no idea. It was the Florida Gators led by Tim Tebow over Sam Bradford's Oklahoma Sooners. Dang. Dang. All right. How about the Super Bowl? Same situation. Two thousand eight season into two thousand nine playoffs in January and February.
1: Two thousand Super
2: Bowl forty three.
1: Super Bowl forty three. It would have been two thousand eight. Wait, the two thousand nine Super Bowl? Yeah. New Orleans.
2: No, that would have been the next year. That was the two thousand nine season. Oh, okay. I got
1: you. So the year before that. So that would have been
2: one of the greatest ones ever, to be honest. Ooh, I don't know. Pittsburgh Steelers over the Arizona Cardinals, 27-23. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, that was a good one.
2: All right, how about your NBA Finals I'm that struggling year? struggling right now. How about your I'd NBA be Finals that year?
1: My NBA Finals? Oh, goodness. I'm struggling right now. I thought I'd be better at this. Um, I don't think the Spurs were that year. Oh, man. I'm 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 I feel like that year's just darkness in my brain. Right it was now.
2: not a memorable NBA Finals. Okay, for sure. Who, who was it? Uh, it was Kobe Bryant's Lakers, four games to one over the Orlando Magic.
1: Oh yeah, I would have never got to the Magic. I'd have, I forgot they even made it. Yeah, I, I, I might have got to the Lakers at some point, but the Magic, no. Uh,
2: and how about your NCAA men's basketball championship game? Uh, look, Final Four was in Detroit that year. It Featured a local team. Tennessee. Not, not from Tennessee. Not Local from Tennessee. to the area. <laughs> well, go ahead. Who, who was it? North Carolina Tar Heels over Michigan State.
1: Over Michigan State?
2: Draymond Green's Michigan State. And then you had Tyler Hansbrough, Raymond Felton, those guys over at I Carolina.
1: Do, I remember Tyler Hansbrough. I, I know Raymond Felton. I remember Draymond in college. All right. Yeah, clearly I've got a, some darkness in the 10 years ago period. Of All right.
2: And we'll wrap it up with uh, the MLB here. Because I can already go ahead and guess you probably don't. Uh, Giants. Know, you don't. You don't know the NHL for sure. For sure, no. All right. How about so? Uh, Major League Baseball. Giants. Uh, that was actually the next year. That was 2010.
1: See, I, I'm telling you, this 2000. This it's just a. Just, it's the New York Yankees. The Yankees.
2: 2009. See, uh, four games to two over the Philadelphia
1: Phillies. Killing me. This is this is killing me. Ten years ago, man. So next year we can do this ten years ago thing again, and I'll actually know everything. Will you? Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> you were- <laughs> apparently, the next season I got everything down.
2: Yeah, Alabama would have been the 09 season national champion for football. That was the first year, uh, first championship under Saban in the dynasty.
1: Yeah. See, I'm, it's apparently just darkness right there. I don't know what I was doing in January 2009.
2: All right, so that's the 10-year challenge, pop culture and sports edition. When we come back, going to wrap it up with the victory formation, looking at some news headlines and tidbits we have not gotten into yet. Stay tuned. It's the fifth quarter, ESPNChattanooga.com.
0: Talking the best in local and regional sports. This is the fifth quarter on ESPNChattanooga.com. You like that? You like that? Hear every ESPN 1051 The Zone podcast online at ESPNChattanooga.com. And now on iTunes and the Apple Podcasts app. Search ESPN 1051 The Zone in the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone. And hit subscribe to get notified about every single podcast.
2: And welcome back into the fifth quarter here, ESPNChattanooga.com. With you for just a few more minutes here as we'll wrap up the show with our victory formation, some news headlines and tidbits we have not gotten into yet. And, Jamal, my computer just froze. I'm going to need you to read the first one while I get my phone to pull up the outline.
1: I got it. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to your alma mater. We're going to talk a little bit about Alabama A few weeks back, we talked about Jalen Hurts being in the transfer portal. We now know where Hurts is going, so we know what team you're going to watch every game of, like you said, next season. Jalen Hurts is going to be the Oklahoma Sooners' next quarterback.
2: I like it. Uh, I I think considering um, I like it for Jalen. I'm not necessarily a big Oklahoma fan. Lincoln Riley kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Well, they're going to grow
1: on you because you said – when we talked about this before you'd watch every game oh I
2: absolutely will and and <laughs> I I uh, am very intrigued to see how Jalen does in the big 12 that was the most tailor-made uh fit for in terms of uh, a place where he can step in and potentially lead a team back to the playoffs right. of all the teams that they had I think Holly is Hollywood Brown back I think he is yes so I mean he's already he's got some weapons to work with um I, I I'm excited to see how he does.
1: I thought I, I'm surprised that Oklahoma went after him because they like to throw the ball around a little bit more than Hurts probably is skilled to I, do. I, I think they must have seen
2: enough out of uh, that that throw he ripped against Auburn's defense and the uh, iron ball that was right on the money to Jalen Waddle, and then that comeback in the fourth quarter. He looked like a better pocket passer, and that's that was what. Uh, a product of working with Dan Enos, uh, you know, a great quarterback coach over the course of the year. Uh, and then I think Lincoln Riley believes a lot in what he can do with quarterbacks. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I think that that immediately jumps them right back up there um, as perhaps the favorite. I know it's going to be
1: them or Texas for sure. Okay. Before we move on quickly, buy or sell. Jalen Hurts is Oklahoma's third Heisman Trophy quarterback in a row. Oh, I'm going to
2: sell that. Yeah. Um, I still don't think he's as polished uh, by any means as well, they don't as Kyler. Go for
1: polished. They're just looking for the numbers.
2: I still, I, I just, I can't buy that yet. Um, I, honestly, I think it's going to be Tua or Trevor, and I, I just don't think there's
1: any way to avoid that. Reasonable. All right, so let's stick with Alabama here. So Alabama has lost ten coaches, including both coordinators. Is all of this by Saban's design, or is this just the both. exodus?
2: Both. I think it's both. Uh, I think he wanted to – I've heard lots of stuff over in Tuscaloosa that he was uh, not necessarily overly pleased uh, with that of Tosh Lapoy, so he was willing to let him part. Uh, I think there was a lot of immaturity with this coaching staff. Uh, Dan Enos left in the middle of the night. Uh, I don't know if you saw the report from uh, The Athletic. The middle of the night? Pretty much. He came in, uh, packed all his crap up. Saban came in the next day, and one of the GAs told him and said, hey, all uh, Enos' stuff is gone. He skipped town in the middle of the night, packed all his crap up. only thing he left on the desk was a pencil. That's some <laughs> passive-aggressive stuff right that,
1: there. That is. that. It's interesting that there are ten coaches that all leave after this loss. All, well, all not ten. To, it's ten total in the last points. two seasons. In the last two seasons. It's five but since the championship game this year. Five since the championship. But that that's a lot of coaches to lose. And I, I do think – that Nick Saban was losing guys that he was okay with losing, some of them. Obviously, some of them left for Greener Praster's head coaching opportunities, and I'm sure Nick Saban's not upset with those guys for that at all. But I think this is a way for Nick Saban to refresh his approach because obviously Nick Saban's been there for a little while, and sometimes you know he knows what he knows, but you have to bring in other guys that know what they know in order for you to change the dynamic of your team.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree with that. We thank you uh, each week for tuning in to the fifth quarter here on Chattanooga.com. Next week, we'll kind of start, obviously, breaking down the Super Bowl more extensively. Uh, Take a look, starting at some stuff with the NFL draft. We have the Senior Bowl coming up this week, so a lot of NFL scouts are down in Mobile, Alabama, taking a look at that, including uh, the likes of uh, um, Drew Locke as well as Jarrett Stidham, some former SEC quarterbacks playing in that down there. Uh, And then also – how about National Signing Day coming up?
1: It's right around the corner.
2: We have some local guys, uh, you know, that'll be signing coming up soon, and uh, we'll take a look at that. Top four teams in the current recruiting rankings include four SEC schools. Not Ooh, to be surprised. I'm
1: not even surprised. I don't know why that's even. A, why are we even counting anymore? I don't know. We thanks, know where all the guys are going.
2: Thanks for tuning in once again, guys. You can listen to the show each week, ESPNChattanooga.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Brooks A. Carter, J. Williams, WDEF at Fifth Quarter Pod at ESPN 105 on the zone. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch up next week.